Hey, this is Hillary Crowley and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. I'm back for my third take on the sixth chakra. The sixth chakra, we're on the map of the chakras and I'm on the sixth. It's the area right um, between your eyebrows, a little bit up and behind the forehead, which is the area where a beautiful purple light shines. How's that for a description of the sixth chakra? Uh, more importantly, um, this is my third take. And I'm putting all of my notes aside. I'm taking a deep breath because the sixth chakra is playing with me big time today. Um, so I'm going to actually do this podcast from the mindset of the sixth chakra. Um, I'm now on my third hour of recording an episode because the first was for 45 minutes. The second was for 45 minutes and now we're doing the third and we'll see how far this goes. But actually, um, that's not correct. My second podcast episode here that I, the second take of this, um, I just completed a few minutes ago and when I was done, there was nothing there and it was recording the whole time. Now that would be kind of unfortunate if it wasn't more interesting. And what makes it incredibly interesting is that I have um, a story that goes with this episode, and now I'm going to tell it for the third time. And now I'm going to tell it with my notes closed, and I'm going to speak as clearly as I can. Um, so as I was preparing for the sixth chakra, I was trusting my gut, and I was asking for hints and hits and guidance as to how I can best speak about the sixth chakra. And the clearest intuitive hit I got was that I should go back and watch Carl Sagan's uh, movie starring Jodie Foster called Contact. It was made in 1998. 1998. Carl Sagan is a great, great astronomer and a great thinker and he is an American scientist who is a philosopher on how we behave in this big universe and explore the vastness of it all while also uh, expanding our humanity. And it was best, in my mind, best represented in the fictional science fiction piece of Contact, called Contact. So I enjoyed the movie. It was much anticipated when it came out. Jodie Foster was a big star by then. She had just gotten her Best Actress Award for Silence of the Lambs in 1995. And this was a big role. And it's a story of a little girl who had already lost her mother. Uh, her mother had died, and at nine years old, her father died from another medical condition. And she was orphaned, and we don't really know what happened, but we then we see her in adulthood, and she is a scientist trying to connect with other worlds, um, something, a hobby she used to do with her dad before he died. So anyway, um, she was able to be part of this major, major project of connecting with extraterrestrial life. The extraterrestrial life uh, sent down some um, a blueprint, so to speak, through the pattern of primary numbers, which is what Carl Sagan writes about in his scientific work. Um, and through primary numbers, they were able to decode, um, 
the schematics for a transporter, which was, I think, best described as a time machine because it wasn't a rocket off into space, but it was going to transport somebody who would sit in it. And after a few um, uh, false starts, which included a terrorist attack, because it's a it was a story about um, in the story it was about how people who were uh, religious did not want the um, you know the exploration of the universe. So that was sort of commentary coming from Carl Sagan. It turns out Jodie Foster was the survivor of the terrorist attack, and she was the one who was going to do the next level of this travel. So she actually got to go into the, this transformer and it turned into some kind of a machine that changed the frequency and vibration. And she traveled out into space through a wormhole and saw uh, planetary um, and star systems. And she had studied the stars. So she recognized where she was for the most part. She reported back uh, through her microphone and the whole entire journey was recorded and she ultimately ended up having a spiritual connection with somebody who took the form of pure love but looked like her father and it, and explained to her that for billions and billions of years humans have been oh all beings have been on this universal journey to understand um the meaning of everything i guess and it did come down to love I'd seen it 22 years ago and then I watched it three nights ago in order to better prepare for today. So it did not disappoint. It was beautiful. It spoke to, um, there was a lot of imagery about how the eye, our, our physical human eyes are very similar to, uh, the planet. And, um, when she came back, the filmmakers, when she came, she came back to consciousness after uh, traveling through the transformer, the uh, filmmakers showed us back on her eye as if that was the ultimate wormhole was coming out of consciousness of the brain and meeting her back into the real world with the, which the shamans would call the middle earth. So she's back to the regular world of just being back here. So it was as if she took an acid trip or a spirit journey or a time travel and explored the depths of the universe. And she came back to the regular old world and there was a record that she was only gone for a split second, not even gone. She didn't go anywhere. It was just a record that the pod that she was in that was designed by the extraterrestrial schematics um, was supposed to drop and it dropped at the pace of gravity. And there was nothing to be spoken of. On the other hand, uh, the character, Jodie Foster's character uh, reported that she was gone for 18 hours. She was gone for 18 hours and um, she was completely gaslit when she came back because they said, no, 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 you're gone for a split second. And she was chastised in front of like a huge group of some kind of politicians who were responsible for the trillion dollar efforts that were put into this program. And she had to admit that she did not know she did not know um, what she experienced, but she said that she experienced awe and she experienced a sense of connectedness. And that's my dog barking because I'm on my third episode of recording this. And I think my dog's like, I've been waiting long enough. So that's a little bit funny. Let's see how that goes. And I might need to pause this, even though I always do this in one take. Um, so. 
she um came back from the she came back and she was told that you know according to the records she was only you know fell at the pace of gravity and there were no events uh visual to the human eye and that she must have been hallucinating and then the kicker at the very end of this movie that i used as research for this episode was that 18 hours of uh static was recorded in the one second of her movement through gravity. So I don't even know how that works. Like is the tape long enough for 18 hours, but they said they had a recording of 18 hours of static in the scientific recording equipment, but she never got to know that they didn't tell her. It was like a high military level political, you know, confidential folder. And, uh, we are as the, as the viewer, as the audience, um, come to understand that it's actually the jokes a little bit on her and that those 18 hours were real. And then the movie ends and it, it ends with her never knowing, but she's back out at it teaching and just, you know, sharing the awe of the universe and the exploration through science. Um, and she said in one, in one of the final lines of the movie, she turns to a child and says, do you think there's any life out there? And she has her own personal evidence of that travel. She experienced consciousness in life. And the little boy answered and said, no, no way. We're just alone. Um, I, I don't see how that would be possible. And she said, oh, I like your skepticalness. I like that you're skeptical. And then she said this line that's kind of the the, the turnkey of the entire plot. She says, well, if, uh, if there's no other life out there, that would be an awful waste of space. So I thought that was interesting. And, um, I, I, uh, already told the story today. Um, I told it a little bit slower and, um, I told several other factors. I quoted a guy named Dr. John Livingston that says the securest prison we ever built build is the one ones that we um build in our own mind um he's a doctor who um talked about the importance of mental health to support your physical health um i talked about uh, my dog barking because she barked in the last episode and how she's sitting out there with a nest of birds up on the perch they're called house finches and how incredible it is that these birds are so safe and um, and so secure and at peace with who they are in their short life that we've been able to witness from start to finish. Um, well, no, just from start, there's no finish. The finish uh, for us will be that they'll fly away. And then in the course of just a couple of weeks, um, these birds are going to have such a balanced and incredibly developed brain <laughs> that not only have they grown their wings, not only have they been living in close quarters, the seven of them, in this tiny little nest that wasn't so tiny until they got bigger, so now it's really tiny, but they're also going to have the trust and the love and the wherewithal and the peace to fly. Oh, man. So it's absolutely a trick of the mind to feel safe to fly And it's a leap of faith. 
So I didn't know that I'd be talking about a leap of faith when I talked about the pineal gland, but I will tell you, I need to talk about what on earth is going on when I am recording an episode, a full episode, the record button is on. And when I was finally done and I stopped and I turned to my screen, it was at zero, zero point zero, zero. And I had done a full recording to nothing, to static. All the while, um, joking about the fact that what I wanted to do for everybody out here is say, hey, everybody, welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. This is Hillary Crowley. Today, I want to talk about the sixth chakra. And the best way that I can do it is I'm just going to play 18 hours of static. You know, just like. So um, I was going to do the 18 hours of static thing. And um, yeah, uh, okay, I guess the joke's on me because I, I I did not 18 hours, but I did, you know, 44 minutes and 37 seconds, I think, something like that. I will never know because it didn't record. And so now I'm like, what am I getting into here? What am I getting into here with the sixth chakra. Okay. When I looked up the pineal gland, which is the gland related to the sixth chakra, I believe it's the gland related to the sixth chakra. It's named after the shape of a pine cone, the pineal gland. Also, it's called the third eye. And the third eye is depicted as a what you see when you look at a um, Egyptian artwork and the Egyptian artwork often represents this like very ornate eye. Um, And that Egyptian eye is actually could be a tribute to what they believe to be the spiritual eye. So if you ever want to connect to the sixth chakra, you can do what I did when I was starting this episode, this (laughs) take three episode. I just closed my eyes and I dropped right into the third eye which is where the pineal gland is. And you look and you feel from the inside, the depths of your mind and say, what do I truly need to know? What is really important here? And guess what answer I'm getting, even as a host of a podcast, is I don't know. And that was exactly what Jodie Foster said before she left, which is what do you expect? And she was skeptical. And she was uh, refusing to make any assessments about what was, you know, she was to expect. Her her mind was wide open and she said, I don't know, on a spirit level, spiritual level, which caught her some criticism. She said, I don't know. And then on a scientific level, she was willing to die because she didn't know if it was going to be safe. And then when she came back, she still had the words, I don't know. This time, it was embodied with awe of I don't know. So I got a few false starts here myself, and I was looking up the pineal gland in my notes to make sure I know the latest and greatest because there's so many questions about the pineal gland. It's not that well known about, and sure enough, You can do it yourself if you Google it, the 
second sentence on the main, you know, definition on Google of the pineal gland is um, its function isn't fully understood. It is the most mysterious of all the glands. Mysterious of all the glands. Well, I would say so. Um, it seems to regulate, uh, be regulated. Uh, how do I put this? It seems to be regulated and regulating our relationship with light related to the circadian rhythms related to sleep. I would add that it seems to connect with our intuition and our integration of information, integration, intuition, and our dream state. And I left this little doozy for the end, but I'm going to give it to you right now because I think it's important. So our dream state is a state of integration. If you look at it through the lens of the mysterious pineal gland, um, we have the cortex, the subcortical, subcortical region, and then we have the cerebellum, the brainstem. So you have the primate brain, which is the cortex, then you have the mammal brain, and then you have the cerebellum, the reptilian brain. The pineal gland is kind of positioned in a spot like three corners where it hits all parts um, of the brain, and so it's the ultimate place of integration. And what we're integrating, it turns out, is the cortex, which um, helps us meet the need of love, the um, mammal brain, the subcortical region, which helps us meet the, meet the need of um, feeling content. Uh, that's where most of us live uh, much of the time. Just that living based on emotions and memory and reward and motivation. All of these are, you know, let's not get this confused with any hierarchy of one part is more important than the other. They're all essential to, to cultivate um, and to foster health in all three regions as, as described in this model. Um, the model I'm using, by the way, is... Um, from Paul McLean, he did this uh, work. Uh, he developed this work, I think, back in I want to say like 1963. Um, you can check that out. I'm getting my my what I'm referencing right now as I speak to you is the um, National Institute for the Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine. Um, just behavioral medicine. It's amazing stuff. It's what the psychotherapists um, are specialists in, and it keeps us alive and thriving, thriving really. So, um, and then guess what? When we have the brainstem, which controls the involuntary functions of our body, the mechanism of our body, the pineal glands also connects to that as well. And that's breathing and breath. So you have this place a gland that may be speaking to all three parts of the brain, the, 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 the human cortex level, the, the, um, mammal, and then the reptilian. So, um, as we breathe in here, I really am fascinated about how we can get intuitive messages and there's a lot of different ways you can get them, but dreams, if you can remember a good dream, that can change your life. How many of you out there take a minute and remember the one dream you had 
and you may have had a lot more than one, but the one dream you have that pivots and changed your perception in life and therefore changed the way you lived your life. I can think of one, I was going through a really big transition in my life and I had a lot of fear and I had an illusion that I didn't have a lot of choices. And, um, I, it was a real gift because I didn't know what I didn't know. I was young in my early twenties and I'll never forget this dream. And it wasn't even that linear in terms of asking for a a question. I must've been asking in my heart, which is what we ask when we're trapped. Like, how do I get free? How do I get free? How do I get, get free? I'm not sure I consciously asked that. But I had all sorts of schematics and plans and plots of how to get free. Um, but in my dream state, I can still remember it to this day. I had a moment where I became aware that I was standing on a great open plain. I wouldn't say it was like a field because there wasn't a lot of growth around me. It was like I could see... I could see to the horizon and it was as if I'd only looked up for the first time in my life. And on the horizon, there wasn't a point that I was supposed to walk towards. There was just a, 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 a like a, a light show of rainbow colors. And the essence, the message, the integrated message I got from that dream is that I can go in any direction I want. The horizon is all around me. That was it. It was a dream. Changed my life. Changed my life. With that, I felt braver. We, I woke up feeling braver, and I still remember it to this day, um, 26 years later. So um, I felt braver. I felt safer. I felt connected. I felt excited. And it wasn't just a, you know, a cheerleader type of dream. It was actually beauty. It was beauty. And so I felt all the things that come with beauty, which is safety and being carried and, and loved. Um, I felt beauty and I felt like I was going to be walking towards beauty rather than walking towards a fixed point, which is what I had been trained up until that point to do, to, um, you know, strive, to strive towards a goal. and. I got to see through a dream that that's a little bit too limited for what my heart and soul needed, probably my soul needed. So recently I was having a tough day and this also was part of an intuitive hit that I was, you know, that I'm hoping and wanting to share. I hope I share it clearly about the sixth chakra. Um, what does a tough day look like for me? Just, you know, I'm tired. Uh, Maybe I start the day tired because I didn't have a good night's sleep. And then before I really can harness uh, the morning, um, my adrenals might get hit with a fight or flight, um, a fight or flight challenge. And um, even as I speak about that, I can, I'm having like a, a, neurological memory of just feeling worn down and needing to escape. And my escape has traditionally been a good night's sleep. Um, I don't have a lot of other ways of, um, 
escaping. So uh, not that much more works for me. So anyway, um, I looked in the mirror and just very playfully said, okay, time for bed. Just put, putting myself to bed. And I looked in the mirror and said, okay, time for bed. But then I looked in the mirror and I looked right into my eyes and I, as if I was like really parenting myself here. And I said, seriously, have a great night's sleep. And my eyes reflecting on, into my eyes, I looked right into my eyes in the mirror. And what happened from there was the most spectacular night's sleep. And I think what might have happened as I continue to research, because I've done it since then, and it's a key to, uh, when I say spectacular, I had dreams similar to the one I described to you of beauty and direction and guidance. I also felt emotionally connected to deceased loved ones. Um, I had a night full of dreams, but it wasn't a fitful night. I also felt well rested and I felt like I connected to, I integrated many parts of myself. So when I woke up and came back into this world, the middle earth, as they say, waking up from my dream state, I felt well rested. I felt healed and repaired and integrated and ready to move forward. And I think it's because through the eyes, the light travels and the pineal gland was able to receive that message. I like to think I might have taken a like three or four deep breaths because that's one of my tricks. Like when I'm whew, needing to connect, I take some deep breaths. Um, taking a deep breath right now and just closing my eyes and saying, what does the sixth chakra want me to share on this episode today? And I shared the part about the dream. I shared the part about the integration should share the part about the purple. It vibrates with the color purple. And when we're up here in the sixth chakra, we're really outside of language and words, dictionaries. You know, I like etymology. There's not a lot to do up here as far as etymology. But if you can imagine what it feels like to create purple in your mind, how does that feel different than orange? How does that feel different than red or yellow? We know that light is on a frequency and color presents itself to us based on how it plays with light frequencies. I mean, I say we know, but I really don't understand it. I love colors and I'm curious about colors, but they're also kind of like numbers um, beyond our total cognitive understanding. Even those of us who can create colors and know about light vibrations of colors, it's, it's, it's incredible. So how we respond to colors um, has to do with the vibrational internal setting that we have. So what sometimes when I try to teach uh, intuition and energy healing, um, I'm asked to, um, explain the colors and I say, well, you explain the color to me, explain a color like purple, explain that color and do so without actually giving an example of a flower or, you know, something that's painted that color, you know, um, or an icon, 
of the color purple. Just try to explain it. And my my um, students invariably become wordless, speechless, because they'll say, wait, that's not fair. You can't tell me to not describe, like, you can't tell me what the combination, like, don't say red and blue-ish. Like, no, you just have to describe it. And there's usually a really big pause there before they go into any kind of like a cliche of like, you know, red is fire and purple is, you know, clouds or sunset. The pause, that pause is where the power is for the sixth chakra, for all of the colors, um, but especially the sixth chakra. Uh, one of my colleagues asked me the other day, um, what happens when I meditate and I don't get an answer right away? I said, well, you don't get an answer. What do you get? She says, I get nothing, absolutely nothing. I said, oh, do not discount nothing. <laughs> nothing is a powerful powerful place to go to. People spend a lot of money to clear their mind and go to that powerful place of nothing. I called it the whoosh. Um, and I talked about it. I'm getting ready to teach a seminar called You Are Intuitive. So I talked about it in a, you know, kind of a, a question and answer session around um, what is intuition and why would you ever teach a seminar about intuition and I'm like, yeah, great point because we all have intuition, but we also are allowed to work together and figure this all out together. And I happen to work on it every day. So here we have a um, moment where she said, I got nothing. And I said, well, that means you've got something. I don't know if I said this at the beginning of this episode because I'm getting my episodes mixed up because my last episode on the sixth chakra, which was apparently my 18 hours of static because it didn't record, I said, here goes nothing. That's what I said. Here goes nothing. Going to try it again. And um, I like that expression, here goes nothing. It's a sign of faith. It's a sign of not being sure, but doing it anyway. Here goes nothing. And by doing that, you're getting out of your cortex. You're getting out of your need to know. You're getting out of your overthinking. Here goes nothing. So, and here goes puppy dog too. Um, so what we all long for is love, connection, and peace. And if I said, here goes puppy dog, and you guys didn't hear the dog bark in the background, I really apologize. I hope you, uh, that in that case, I hope it was caught. Um, oh, it's like, this puppy brings me so much joy. She's such a good girl. Um, and I just don't want to, I just, I don't mind having her around me. Um, it's the middle of the day now. I usually do this recording before anybody's up, including the dog. Uh, but, you know, I've cooked through a couple of hours. Not quite 18 hours, as I'm going to continue to joke about. But that was incredible. That was incredible. My record button was on, and it said, hit the button to stop recording. I mean, uh, okay, so I asked the sixth chakra what I'm supposed to do right now. And I don't know. I feel like it has to do with energy healing, like sending some energy healing to everyone listening right now. So I'm going to let you all close your eyes. It has to do with something bigger than what I can calculate has to do with that awe that we were talking about. 
has to do with that beaming out of knowing what truly matters and activating that in all of us, waking us up. So take a deep breath and close your eyes and then keep taking a deep breath because through the deep breath you are massaging and supporting and talking to your brain stem. And by closing your eyes, you're massaging and supporting and talking to your beautiful cortex. And in the center of it all, the subcortical area, um, you are doing that as well. So take a moment and just breathe through that. <sighs> Inhale and exhale. Let's just love what is. Loving what is. All the mistakes that get made, the false starts, the barking dogs, the birds getting ready to fly, the trust, and let go of the fear and let go of the frustration and let go of that sense of agitation. Whatever it is for you, what's the opposite of peace for you? Um, let go of the heartache and just go back to the integration of the three needs being met as we bring our brain through a deeper consciousness where it does not have to be represented itself as a chart or a graph where it is a pulsing, beaming signal sending out to our body and sending out to each other and maybe being sent out to the universe of love, well-being, and peace. Love, well-being, and peace. Wrap that in a ribbon of the most beautiful shades of purple. If you have any aversion to purple, go find your way back to loving purple because purple appears naturally um, in nature. Uh, find it, make peace with it, enjoy it, find the shade that works for you. Love, well-being, peace. Love, well-being, peace. And then do what the world is doing to me today, which is allow yourself to be surprised by the answers. Allow yourself to be tricked by the 18 hours of static. Allow yourself to go on Jodie Foster's journey to your own wormhole of, uh, uh, of consciousness and connect up with your version of love. And as the movie said, we, whoever we is, which is the greater consciousness of the universe of which we belong to, we are not separate from. We have been doing this for billions and billions of years. A quote written in a book made into a movie by Carl Sagan. We have been doing this for billions and billions of years. Take another deep breath. Feel that good energy of what I title my show after, the Good Energy Healing Show. Because my sixth chakra has had it with me. <laughs> it's done with the talking. 
It's played all the tricks on me in the world. I wonder if Carl Sagan himself is coming in in some kind of a form because I do look a little like the girl in the movie sitting in front of my microphone saying, CB, CB, come in, come in, come in, CB, Earth 2, Earth 2, Earth to us, Earth to us. We just want to make contact. We just want to make contact. We just want to connect. <sighs> I don't know. I'm really excited to explore intuition. I'm, I'm pretty good at it on my own. I have remarkable experiences every day. It doesn't really land that much in my um, subcordial area. So I don't actually hold on to the memories of it. So oftentimes, um, subcortical area, oftentimes I get... Um, thanked by people for things I don't remember that I did in session. Uh, that's okay. That to me is the here goes nothing, you know, the leap of faith. And I like to think that that's the erasing of any imbalanced ego, um, which is cool. So it doesn't feel like it's not taking place in my brainstem. It doesn't feel like it's not taking place in my cortex. It doesn't feel like it's not pl taking place in my subcortical region. It just feels like it's taking place in nowhere and everywhere at the same time. And um, that's the pineal gland. That's the energy of the pineal gland. Take good care of it. Um, I've been drinking beet juice this, this week because uh, beets help clear the uh, pineal gland, any calcification, any toxicity. Um, don't, don't do too much, too many uh, mind-numbing activities, uh, because you don't want to calcify that pineal gland. We want to get that pineal gland healthy and, uh, apple cider vinegar is known to help clear and decalcify, uh, the pineal gland. I've seen miracles, um, with the, with the healing of the pineal gland. Um, it responds really, really well to energy healing, hands-on energy healing, which is what I do. Um, and remember that we have the ability to fly, just like the birds on my front porch who have never tried it. I've seen them since they were eggs. But if they don't fly as soon as they leave that nest, they're going to die. <laughs> so, and I know they're all going to live. I feel strongly about that. They all look super healthy and they're ready to go. And they just have to trust that the wings that have been given to them innately and nurtured through food and care and time are going to let them fly. And so it is a here goes nothing kind of moment here, an act of faith. And the purple energy of the sixth chakra has carried me one more time through this. Oh, and there's a motorcycle as my sign off music because... This is how it's going with the sixth chakra. I am entirely and beautifully out of control of today's uh, recording. I am a servant in service, in beautiful, appreciative service to who I need to be to speak authentically about the sixth chakra. Now, for all of you who know the chakras, I bet we're all thinking, good luck, Hillary with the seventh chakra, because this one really took me for a ride. 
but I'm sticking to I'm sticking to the plan. I'm sticking to the map. I got us through the sixth chakra. On August sixth, I'm going to be teaching um, a, uh, a the seminar called "You Are Intuitive, Be Your Own Expert." I will be very methodical um, in how we can connect with our intuition and how I can stay true and authentic to speaking about the unspeakable, the pieces that are that are hard to speak about. And I wanted to leave you with this fun little play on words, which is, isn't it interesting how there's a play with the numbers, the third eye, which is the, uh, which is sort of the, the, the term, the hip term for the sixth chakra. And we have the sixth chakra and we have the sixth sense, which is above the fifth sense. So think about all of that as you move forward in your day. I'm going to move forward into my day. And, um, here we go. I really hope this goes online. I really hope you all get to listen to this. If you get a chance, check out the movie contact. Um, it's available. You can stream it and, um, you might get a kick out of it. You might not. It's a long movie. Um, I kind of gave you all the spoiler alerts. There could possibly be all the spoilers. So there could possibly be, but it's worth watching. And if you, if for no other reason that you can say, who else is keeping that file closed and not letting me know that I'm having my own 18 hours of static and it's wonderful and it's awesome. And I don't know where that 18 hours of static brought me, but I understand this deeper meaning of the universe that there's, what did she say? That we are incredibly small. And we're incredibly alone. And yet we're incredibly connected. And we are all one. Very beautiful. Um, and it has to do with the science, not just the cliches of that. So thank you, Carl Sagan. Thank you, Jody Foster. Thanks for all of you for sticking around. Um, um, thanking myself for coming back to the table. Thank you for me committing to the map of the sixth chakra because, uh, the first two takes didn't work. I might've changed my topic altogether, but you can't do the chakra system without the sixth chakra. So if you like this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe, share it with your friends, um, hit the five star, uh, check out my Instagram, which is Hillary underscore Crowley underscore, I think. Um, and in my bio, you can, uh, buy my book that's in healthy edits right now. It's getting lots of thumbs up from my publishing house. So that's awesome. Um, and you can, uh, also sign up for the seminar, which is going to be well-organized, um, teach, you know, teachable moments, shared lessons, case studies, uh, but most of all, connecting and helping you to connect to your own intuition so that you can truly be your own expert out here. Cause it is a fascinating, beautiful, healthy world. If you can be connected to your intuition and thank you to the sixth chakra for reminding me that there's so much more going on than we can possibly ever control. And it's all very beautiful. I'm Hillary Crowley. Thanks for tuning in to the good energy healing show and I'll catch you the next time.